In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. We celebrated yesterday a new anniversary of the canonization of San Jose Maria. And when the church brings up to the altars someone, the church is saying to everybody, guys, if you follow this path, the path this man walked down, you can become a holy person. And there are different charisms in the church. There are different ways you can make it to heaven. And again, when the church proposes a saint, is this path is good. Follow this path, you will be a saint. So we ask our Lord, we thank our Lord for the canonization of San Jose Maria, and we ask our Lord to help us to walk down that road. Because for many of us, our, the setting of our encounter with Christ is professional work. San Jose Maria is the saint of ordinary life, as Pope St. John Paul II said in the ceremony of canonization. The saint of ordinary life. You can be a saint in your ordinary life. You don't have to quit your job. You don't have to go to a convent. You don't have to go to a monastery. Those options are great for those who have vocation for that. But most probably, the Lord is expecting of you a high degree of holiness, a high level of holiness in the middle of the world as you deal with your things and your professional work in your office, in your hospital, in your school, wherever you are in your company, when you are working at your desk. So we ask San Jose Maria and we ask our Lord to help us to become the saint the Lord wants us to be. Now, if we want to become saints, there is something, there is a very important virtue we need to work on. That is the virtue of magnanimity okay magnanimity magnanimity the semantics of the word magnanimity have to do with uh, in latin magnus animus that is a big heart we can say a magnanimous person is a person with a big heart a person with a big heart is a person who dreams is a person who envisions something and goes for it right Think of artists. Think of the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican in Rome, Michelangelo. So before painting all of that, the guy had the idea in his mind. And the guy wants to carry out that project. And he dreams of it. He thinks of it. And then by working hard, he just brings it out and it makes it, makes it happen, right? Magnanimity. To have big dreams, to become someone doing something great, and to do it in your ordinary life. Yeah? We have not been called to be 
celebrities or to be famous or popular or uh, but we have been called to be magnanimous at what we are doing so when you are working you know make sure that you do excellent work as we were reminded of yesterday in this great get together with Chris Montes and you know because that's my, my magnanimity I will not be famous but I will do my work the best way I can and people around me will know this guy works well this guy is an example this guy is a good father this guy is a good, a good husband this guy is a good friend the magnanimous person focuses on the important things and let us ask our Lord now in our prayer, Lord, I want to become this magnanimous person. This person who is always looking for good stuff, big stuff in my life. Lord, I want to be a saint. Prayer is a moment for big desires. We can tell the Lord, Lord, I want to be a saint. Lord, I want to be that great husband. Lord, I want to be that great father you want me to be. Lord, I want to be that good friend. Lord, I want to be that person that changes culture around me. Because the Lord has called us to transform the world from within, from wherever you are. So this is what a magnanimous person is like. The person that is thinking of all these things. And that's exactly what San Jose Maria did. San Jose Maria, since he was a teenager, he received this vocation. The Lord wanted something, you know, from him. And he didn't know what it was. So San Jose Maria prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And ten years later, finally, he knew God wants this institution in the Catholic Church that fosters sanctity in the middle of the world. And he worked on it, he prayed a lot, he sacrificed everything to follow the Lord and to carry out his vocation because that's what magnanimous people do. So I'll give me a grace to be this magnanimous person you want me to be. Again, we will not be famous, we will not be you know, super important people in the world, but we can live extraordinarily our ordinary lives. And first of all, if we want to become this magnanimous person, we need to work on this other virtue that is close to magnanimity, that is generosity. Generosity is always <clears throat> beautiful. Generosity, when we see generous actions or generous gestures, our heart is touched because it is beautiful that someone is generous right not too long ago i went for dinner with a group of high school students and as we went to this place we crossed paths with this beggar on the crow child and one of them one of the kids decided to engage in a conversation hey what's your name and why are you here you know the teenagers sometimes have this and, you know, the guy told him the story. He bet everything online. He lost everything. His wife kicked him out of the house. He was into drinking, drugs. His life was now destroyed. He graduated from university. Destroyed life. And this teenager was kind of touched. So we went for dinner and this guy said, I'm going to buy a pizza for this guy so that when we come back, I'm going to give it to him, man. And he bought a pizza and he gave it to the guy on our way back, you know. So when you see these ideas, I never thought of that. 
I mean, I pray for the beggars. If I have some cash, I give some cash, you know. It depends, right? But when you see these young people with a big heart, they want to do something. That's beautiful, right? Lord, I want to be generous always in my life. I want to do everything out of generosity. And the Lord likes a lot generous people. The gospel is plenty of examples, right? A very special moment was that moment when Mary Magdalene broke that jar with this expensive perfume and she anointed Jesus' feet. All that perfume was for that anointing, that's it. People were scandalized. People said, oh, we could have sold that and given the money to the poor because it's a big deal of money. The Lord said, she has done a good thing to me. The Lord likes generous people. Because when there is generosity, then we are able to be magnanimous. We are able to give ourselves totally for the important causes, for the important things in our life, for the important people in our life. When we have a big heart, we can love God. When we have a big heart, we can love others. And that's what our life is all about, loving God, loving your wife, loving your kids, loving your friends, working hard to make this world a better place. If there is no generosity, there is no magnanimity, there is selfishness, then, then it's over. But we have been created to big stuff, to important things. So Lord, give me this generosity, generosity that you liked in the gospel, right? Think of the disciples in the road to Emmaus. Stay with us. They said, and yeah, stay with us because with you, we have come to understand what Jesus of Nazareth is all about because you explained it to us. With you, things make sense. With you, my darkness turns into light. So stay with me, but it's not only that. It is also, it's late. Don't keep walking down the road in the night. Stay with me hospitality and the Lord entered the house the Lord likes generous hearts and when we are generous then we can become this magnanimous person we can give ourselves for the big things the big causes in our life right imagine the joy of the Lord the generosity when the Lord saw the generosity of this kid with you know a few pieces of bread and a few fish and he gave everything to the Lord when you give everything to the Lord, although it's small, then the Lord multiplies. The Lord makes amazing miracles in those who are generous with Him. The Lord makes amazing miracles in generous hearts. And yeah, we don't have a lot, but let us try to give to the Lord everything we have. It will never be enough. What can you give to God? What can I give to God? Even if I give to Him everything, that's not enough. The point is not the quantity or the amount. The point is, Lord, here is my heart for you, 100%. It's small, but it's complete for you. That's the generous person. And that person can aim at the big things in life. That is our vocation to love God, etc. 
Lord, give me this generosity. Uh, generosity turns us into these people with big hearts. Yeah. Big hearts, you know, to have a big heart has to do with loving the way the Lord did. For instance, a person with a big heart, a magnanimous person, is a person who is always thinking of others. Think about it. During your day, do you think too much about you? Do I think too much, Lord, about myself? My things, the things I have to do, my da-da-da-da-da, always thinking of me, 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 me. We easily give into this self-centeredness, right? That blocks our attention so that we can discover other people's needs, right? A generous heart, a person with a generous heart is a person who loves like the Lord. And the Lord was always open to help those around him. The Lord came to save us, right? So as you open up the gospel at any, at any page, you will see the Lord is trying to help someone. Because the Lord has come to set us free from sin. The Lord has come to love us, to become one of us, and to help us in everything we need. Of course, that important thing we need that is to be redeemed from sin, but also the Lord is helping us in different things. The Lord is transforming water into wine because these poor newlyweds, they miscalculated the drinks for the wedding celebration. Big mistake, right? The Lord is there fixing it up. The Lord is giving food to the multitudes. The Lord is healing those who need healing. As a sign of the big healing, he's going to work out from the cross and his resurrection, the healing from sin. The Lord is compassionate. The Lord is not indifferent when he sees people around him in trouble. The Lord is compassionate with that widow, you know, that lady who lost her only son. The Lord felt compassion. The Lord taught us compassion with that beautiful parable of the Good Samaritan that comes down to that line. He felt compassion. That only fits a generous heart. You can be compassionate. You can be always only attentive to others if you have this big heart. Big heart that is a heart that is attentive to those around me. Big heart means as well, everybody finds a place in my heart. Think about it. Is there anybody you are now having an argument with? It might be someone in the office, it might be someone at home, it might be a friend. Why is it, Lord, that sometimes I am having an argument with someone? Probably because my heart is small. And Lord, you said, you know, do not judge so that you will not be judged. Sometimes we judge people and we think, no, this person is wrong and I am right. And I don't change my standpoint. Therefore, I build up a wall between that person and me. And the quarrel is ready, right? Because I think I'm right and I'm better. I think the other is wrong and it's worse. A person with a big heart never gets there. There might be mistakes, defects, but the, the person with a big heart sees also the virtues, right? So Lord, I don't want to judge people. 
What I want to do instead is to forgive people. Look at Jesus' big heart in the cross. During the crucifixion, people mocking him. And what the Lord says is, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. That's a big heart. To forgive others when they are wrong without judging them, but still having a spot in our hearts for them. That's a big heart. And in my daily life, I can do this. I can forgive people. And of course, a big heart always expands by giving. When you give, you, know, you feel that joy, right? There is more joy in giving than in receiving, says St. Luke in the Acts of the Apostles, right? More joy in giving than in receiving. A person with a big heart is a person who gives. And this is part of the Sermon of the Mountain. Give and it will be given to you. The measure you give will be the measure you get back. So when we give, give, give to others, we feel real fulfillment. Our heart expands. It's about giving ourselves to others. We live in, in our culture, there is this big lie of the pop culture that is your happiness depends on what you have. The more you have, the better. The more zeros you know, in your bank account, the better. The more stuff you have, the better. But that's a big lie. The heart feels real fulfillment when we empty ourselves from our own selfishness and when we give, give, give. But in order to do that, you need to be generous. You need to be magnanimous. Because we need to aim at what is important. First of all, God. Then others around me, not just myself. The magnanimous person is always aiming at this. God first, then others. And because of that, everybody finds a place in the heart of a magnanimous person. So Lord, give me this big heart, like yours. Other important thing, if we want to have a generous heart and a magnanimous heart is, well, to see people through their virtues. You know, the product of Opus Dei wrote a letter on fraternity. And he said, one of the things he says there is that our tendency is to look at people or to see people from their defects, you know? Oh, this guy, pff, I know this guy with this defect, right? And sometimes we just narrow down who this guy is down to the defect, the main defect of this guy, right? And we miss easily the virtues. Everybody's got virtues. Everybody's got something good. The Prat of Abuse says, hey, try to make an effort to look at people through their virtues. Think of your children. Sometimes we look at them oh, from this defect. No, because this guy is dealing with this. Oh, this guy is this defect. No, there is more. There is a lot of talents. A person with a big heart discovers talents. A person with a big heart says, wow, this guy is good at this. And he has to develop that talent. And when that happens, 
we transmit motivation to people. People want to be better. And we kind of overcome evil with good. Because that's the key point. People grow when they develop their talents. Not when, and we have to help them to develop their talents. We don't need to beat them down because of their defects. So let us look at people through their virtues, not through their defects. Be hard means I'm ready to sacrifice myself to do what is good for others. When we think of a good father, a good husband, a good lawyer, a good teacher, a good engineer, a good whatever you want, a good friend, we know these people sacrifice themselves. And they spend time, extra time, in the things they are doing. They don't proceed in all these areas with a bureaucratic mentality, no? They own the things they are doing and the things they are involved in. And we, see, we know they are sacrificing themselves. That's generosity. That's what being a magnanimous person is like. So Lord, give me again all of this. Like San Jose Maria, like the saints in the history of the church. Because we have been called to be saints. We have not been called to be nice guys, to be nice people, to be kind of, no, that's guys. It's okay. No, we haven't been called to, to be like that. Because you can be that, you can be like that without being Catholic. We have been called to big holiness. That is the encounter between the grace of God and your freedom. Every day, when you say constantly to the grace of God, yes, 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 yes. And when you say yes, yes, yes to God, to the will of God for you. That's good. In order to do that, you need to be a Catholic because you need the grace. <laughs> Sanctifying grace that comes through the sacraments. We need the grace that comes through the sacraments. And we need the grace that comes through personal prayer so that we can say yes to God's will. That's what we need. And we have all the graces and we have good desires. But sometimes what we need is to be more generous, to be this magnanimous heart, to be these magnanimous people. Of course, being a magnanimous person has to do with big ideals. Big ideals. What's the source of your motivation when you wake up in the morning and it's dark and you are tired and you are facing a new day? What's the ideal that moves your heart? What's the ideal that keeps you going? What's the driving force in your life? For a person with a small heart, it will be, I'm going to have as much fun as I can. No, I'm going to make money. No, I'm going to just cope with the difficulties of the day. For a person with a magnanimous heart, is, Lord, thank you for my vocation to love you and to transform this world. The magnanimous person always aims at what is best. 
And then every single day is super meaningful because we know that all our actions are connected. It's not that I have to go to work and then I have to do this and I have to do that and then to take the kids to the school, to pick them up again, whatever. No, all of that is part of the bigger plan, the big idea that is my holiness. God wants me to do all of this. I have a vocation here. God is calling me to do this. To transform the world, to love him more, to love those around me, to love my friends, to transform the culture. I would say that our vocation in this world has these four aspects, right? So it's vocation to love God. The Lord is calling us to love him every day. Then vocation to love others. No, the word vocation includes that. Vocation to love God, vocation to love others. Then there is work. We have vocation to work. We have been given talents to work so that we make this world a better place. By working well, by being a virtuous person at work, etc. Then the world is better. Because when you work with a Christian spirit, then there is no corruption, right? When people work without a Christian spirit, there is corruption. So we transform the world by working. So you have your talents. God called you to do something. And you are motivated every day in the morning. It's not that every day is a pain in the neck because it's a lot of suffering, because it's a lot of I'm super busy. And... No, it's, I have a vocation. Then I go to work happy. Because I know that this, this is God's plan. That's why a person with a big heart is motivated, happy, cheerful. The person with a big heart focuses on solutions. Yeah, there are problems, but I don't care about the problems. What's the solution for this problem? I'm going to work on that. And because I'm working in a solution, I'm happy because then things are going to get better, for sure. So vocation to love God, vocation to love others, vocation to work. Then we have vocation to, to friendship. It is by means of friendship that you are going to turn around your friends' hearts. Those friends of yours who are maybe far away from God, but they are searching because they are good people. People are searching. The more chaos there is in our culture, the more people are searching because there are no answers out there. The answer, you have the answers. And the Lord is counting on you to be this good friend so that people are going to come to you and you will have the opportunity to talk about stuff. That's the way we transform the world. We, trans we don't transform the world by means of preaching, standing on a corner in the street in downtown Calgary. We transform the world by example, prayers, friendship, conversations. When we help our friends to make good decisions. And the Lord has placed you, whatever you are, with the people you are in touch with, to do that apostolic work, to carry out that apostolic work. And of course, we have vocation to transform our culture. Culture is important, and we live in this pop culture. You know, materialism, hedonism, have fun, enjoy. In our culture, it's not anymore about deep joy and happiness and reflection and debates and ideas. 
in our culture, it's about feeling good. Dopamine, you know? Instant gratification, you know? And we know that a million, one million shots of instant gratification will never give you one milligram of joy. So in our culture, there is confusion. And who is going to transform this culture? You. It's not the bishop of the diocese, it's not the pope, it's not the parish priest. No. Each one of us, whatever we are, are going to turn around our friends' hearts. Somehow we have to be a little bit counterculture, countercultural. Because in our culture there are good things, but there is also bad things. So all of this, when you wake up in the morning and you think of all of this, wow, Lord, thank you for my vocation to carry out all these great things. Thank you, Lord, for having called me to be an instrument in your hands to transform the world. Give me this generosity, give me this magnanimity. And today we ask Our Lady, today is the feast day of Our Lady of the Rosary, we ask Our Mother Mary to help us to carry out our vocation. San Josemaria said that the rosary is that, that powerful weapon for the battles of our spiritual life. And these are the battles of our spiritual life. Love for God, love for others, work, friendship, culture, transformation of the world. And the Lord has called us to be there. Let us ask our mother to help us to be strong and to persevere in this battle. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.